Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, hello, and welcome back to What We Said podcast, you guys. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. I'm JC. This is Chelsea. Sorry, I forgot to introduce us. (laughs) Um, If you guys are new to the podcast, welcome. So great to have you. It's February. Valentine's Day is approaching. Mm -hmm. It's this weekend. Our um, live podcast event is approaching. It's in like a week and a half. Cannot wait. We're so excited. Um, More info on that probably next week. But today we had a special guest on the podcast. Her name is Whitney Lee Morris. And we met Whitney at an event together, actually. Um, The event, Logan Hollowell and Beekeepers Naturals. And it was a really awesome event. And we met Whitney and her husband there. They're super nice and super sweet. And when we heard that they have a tiny house, we were like so intrigued. And we're like, we need to have her on the podcast. Definitely. So Whitney is a consultant, a blogger, and an author. And she's a consultant in, as she was telling us, tiny living, interior, but kind of making the most out of your space. and. Also, if you've seen her Instagram, it's perfect looking. So it's the best of both worlds. But she lives in a less than 400 square foot home with her, her husband, her son, and two dogs, which is crazy. So this is this is a good time because I just moved into LA. We have a, like a smaller apartment. So you guys are going to get a lot of good little tips. You're going to learn a lot. And without further ado, welcome Whitney to the podcast. Thank you so much. We're Thank you for so excited. We're so excited. Okay, so… On your Instagram, your blog, your book, I've seen the phrase, you don't have to live large to live beautifully. Right. Why are you so passionate about tiny living? Well, there are a lot of (laughs) answers to that. But um, in a nutshell, I think that tiny living gives us the time to actually focus on the things that we want to do in our lives, right? I feel like things are so, it's so busy now. Like we all feel so busy. We're all so tethered to our phones and life, the pace of life is just so hectic. And when you live in a space that's that small, you don't have to do things like clean your house all Saturday and organize your house all Sunday. And like, you don't have to look for things all day long. You know, you're trying to run out the door. You know, those those moments add up. And when you're in a tiny house or a small space, you get those moments back, you know? And I just feel like you have more time and then weirdly you have more money. Uh, and for me, I have a family and I feel like it actually really helps us stay close, not just proximity-wise, but emotionally. And, you know, just we're just 
kind of tethered to one another in this lovely, lovely way. It's not for everyone, but it's for us. I love that. And also sustainability. And we'll go into that, I'm sure, a little bit. But Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I love it, but that's the main one. Okay, tell us about, tell everyone about your home. Like, how big is it? Where do you live? All the details. Yeah, so we live in a craftsman cottage. It's almost 100 years old. It's under 400 square feet. It's located by the Venice Canals in California, Southern California. Um, it's this very unique little neighborhood where there are literally canals and canoe. We have a canoe and, you know, you just we just oh walk gosh. everywhere. We canoe everywhere. We use our cargo bike. We have this funny cargo bike that we can put our dogs and our son in. And that's how we get around. So, yeah, the, the house is under 400 square feet. It's also where I run my business full time. And I've I've run the business from the house since we moved in. And we moved in nine years ago. So, oh, yeah. Oh so when gosh. we moved in as a, you know, we were, I moved in with Adam, my now husband, but we were just together. We were just, you know, it was my boyfriend and then one dog. And then we adopted another dog. And then we got married on the stoop of our house. And now we have a three-year-old son. Oh, I didn't know that you got married there. Yeah, we had a tiny house wedding, which is amazing. And it was so much fun. And yeah, so now we're growing as a, you know, a family and a business and loving the house more than ever. I also have to say, you and your husband together, I can tell you guys are such a good couple. I love his face off. Just, He's so great. He's just, so great. <laughs> seriously, just from Thanks spending you. such yeah. limited amount of time, I'm like, you guys are such a good match. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for saying that. Also, he's just agreeable. I don't want I don't want to make him sound like, but he's just cool. You know, he's just cool. He's like, go with anything. And, you know, he'll show up at these events with me where he's the only dude. And he'll be at the playground with West and he's the only dude. And, you know, he brings it. He's just fantastic. I'm really lucky. That's awesome. <laughs> well, cute. that thank leads me to my next question. I was going to say, I guess— so you had it, was he like super on board for the tiny living? Was he, was it a new concept? Is it something he was like, oh, I've always wanted to do that? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. When we moved into that house, it was kind of uh, in tandem with the tiny house boom, maybe even a little bit before it. So we didn't actually move into that house with the intention of living in a quote unquote tiny house. It was not oh. our, our goal. We were just looking for properties. I took about a month and wandered around Venice with my dog trying to find the perfect property. He was in Silver Lake. For those of you who are not in LA, Silver Lake and Venice are basically like two different countries. Uh, So it was like, it was a long distance relationship. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Which, and I don't like leaving the beach. Uh, So, you know, we were always going back and forth. Uh, And so this was our first place that we moved into together. And we just walked into the house and immediately fell in love with it for what it is. Like all the light, all the doors, all the window, all the air. And it just was the space that we fell in love with. Not It wasn't the size, really. Um, and so we didn't go into it with a minimizing mis- mission or a tiny mission. We just fell in love with the space together. And then never wanted to leave. Never wanted to leave. I love that. No, not yet. Well, I was telling Whitney beforehand that I'm so excited about this conversation as in general because— we just moved to LA and we moved to a 650, I think, square foot, mm-hmm. which is 150 square foot, but bigger than 400. And it wasn't necessarily like a downsize, like um, actual space-wise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, it's just interesting to have all these things that I'm like, wait, do I have too much stuff? How do I fit this here? Sure. Like, I don't know if I have, I'm used to having like my parents' pantry, like growing up, it's like you have a whole pantry for food. And sure. Like, okay, now I have to fit my food in a cupboard or Whatever. So I'm excited yeah. to hear some good tips about this. Yeah. Where are you putting everything? Because I know as a blogger, so I'm <laughs> yeah. at Jaycee's house all the time and she has packages and packages and packages coming in all the time. Sure. So what's your storage secret? Okay. So this is not the sexiest takeaway, but I'm just really honest. I'm going to be really honest about it. I 
beg companies not to send me things. Um, and I know that obviously when you're entering into a paid partnership or you really like a product and you want to organically try it, um, either just independently of a, of a partnership or in, you know, as part of a partnership, you have to try it. Right. But, but if, if I'm not really in love with something, I don't, I, I ask companies not to send it my way. And my managers are amazing and wonderful and they know too. So if they get something that's supposed to come to me, they they know to just basically give it to somebody else. And I don't want to sound ungrateful and I don't want brands to hear it and be like, oh, well, she's the worst. Like that's not the goal. But, you know, it it helps to have those conversations um, when you feel like you're getting too much that, to, to deal with. Like if it's just out of hand and you're not, you don't have time to open boxes, like that is not good for anyone. The brand's not winning you're not winning. The environment is not winning. Like nobody is winning. So I'm really honest and just say like, hey, please don't send this unless, you know, if a brand reaches out, then I'll, I'll say, let me look through your, your product. Let me see what I actually feel like I need and could use. And then can you just send that one thing? You know what I mean? So I really, I open up that conversation. Um, secondly, if something doesn't fit with us, but we get it anyway, I immediately donate it to an, a nonprofit, <laughs> bless you, Sorry, to a nonprofit wow. that needs it. So you can go online and basically look through nonprofits in your area and, and find out what they need. And so depending on what the product is, I will give it to an organization. So like I work with the Right Way Foundation here in Los Angeles, but there's plenty of other organizations and I, you know, will just give things to those nonprofits. But the other thing that I like to do is talk to brands and say, or, you know, my managers do as well and say, hey, I know you want to make this look beautiful for the unboxing or whatever, but honestly, it's more important to us that it doesn't have all this extra packaging that we then have to figure out, what, what are we going to do with this? How are we going to reuse this? Are we just throwing it in the trash? Are we throwing it in the recycle? Like, what do you do with all of it? And we just care about, like, the product. So if you could just send that without all the bells and whistles. And I think opening that conversation helps because brands really respond to it as opposed to being repelled by it, I think. It's easier for them, probably. They're yeah, like, cool, I don't yeah. have to put this together. Yeah, yeah don't waste the money. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, I love that honesty because it's just, I feel like it's really needed in this industry, especially. Sure. And I mean, I'm no stranger to getting a bunch of packages. And there have been times when I'm getting like, you know, a package from a beauty brand and it's every shade of foundation they have. And I'm yeah. just like, oh no, like, I feel so bad that I even have all of this because sure. I don't need it and I'm not going to use all of it. And so then, you you know, you, you donate and whatever, but it's, it's very wasteful. Yeah. And so yeah. and I love I, that you're opening that conversation. Well, and I feel like the more collectively that we have this conversation with firms, with managers, with brands, you know, whoever the gatekeeper is, the more we collectively as, uh, we all hate the word, but as influencers, as, you know, people in this industry um, have those conversations, the more they're going to respond and the less wasteful it's going to be and the more targeted everything can be. You know, there is no reason for you to have every shade of the foundation that is that nobody's, again, nobody's winning. So it's really just having the conversations, not as a criticism, but as a productive way to move forward in a more efficient manner, right? Totally. Definitely. All right. Hold up. We are taking a quick little break to talk about one of our amazing sponsors for today, which is Function of Beauty. I am sure you guys have seen their products show up on your Insta feed at some time. They are really cute, customized hair care products like shampoo and conditioner. And here's the thing. We love a customized product because we are not all the same people with the same hair. So why would we all be using the same shampoo? You know what I mean? It's not adding up. So Function of Beauty is the internet's top-rated customer hair care brand with over 30,000 five-star customer reviews and counting. Whatever your hair type is or any other hair issues you run into, like dandruff or damaged hair, I'm raising my hand right now because my hair is currently having some breakage due to the fact that I've been blow-drying it every day and putting way too much heat on it. So 
I'm in luck. Function of Beauty individually formulates every bottle based on your unique hair type, your style preferences, and your hair goals. So to begin, you take a little short four-question quiz. You tell them about your hair, and they even customize your formula with fragrance. Um, We suggest the nude peach fragrance because who doesn't want to smell like a freaking peach? And you can choose the bottle color, and you can go dye and fragrance-free. Lots of options. So the products are so personalized. Your name is even on the bottle, which I think is the cutest touch. We love good branding. Plus, Function of Beauty is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates, parabens, mineral oils, any of those other harmful ingredients, and the packaging is recyclable. So to get started right now, go to functionofbeauty.com slash what we said to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% off on your first order. Do not spend another minute in hair misery. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash what we said to let them know we sent you. That is functionofbeauty.com slash what we said. Alrighty, quick timeout. You guys know here at What We Said Podcast, we are all about improving ourselves, self-growth, development, learning new things, and all that jazz. So that is why we absolutely love Skillshare. If you guys have not heard of Skillshare, it is an online learning community with thousands of classes, so many, um, for creative and curious people. And we've talked about this before, but there is not one definition for a creative person. I think when you think of someone creative, you think, oh, they're a photographer or an artist. But the reality is, is that there are so many different ways to be creative and all of us are in our own ways. So if you are a creative, if you're a freelancer, or honestly, just if you're a curious person in general, or if you're wanting to pick up a new hobby, I would highly recommend checking out Skillshare. It's also actually extremely affordable, especially if you compare it to a pricey like in-person classes or workshop, which can be very expensive. Um, an annual subscription is less than $10 a month with Skillshare. So one class that I have my eye on at the moment is the Styling Your Space class. It's all about bringing creativity to interior design, and it's taught by Emily Henderson, who I love. So you guys may know this, but my mom is really into interior design, and I don't know if the gene didn't get passed down to me or what's going on, but I feel like I am such a newbie when it comes to interior design, and it's actually super challenging for me. So I definitely rely on my mom a lot for helping me decorate my space. And like, I'm always calling her, FaceTiming her and saying, okay, does this look good here? Should I move it? So um, I would love to learn more about this and kind of improve my skills in that area. So I cannot wait to take that class. And then there's also a photography class taught by Brandon Waffle that I saw. And I actually follow him on Twitter. So I was like, okay, that'd be cool to take. Basically, there are just a lot of awesome subjects that are all unique and creative. And I really believe that there is something for everyone one on this website. So Skillshare is a proud sponsor of what we said. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash what we said and get two free months of premium membership. That is two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash what we said. That is Skillshare.com slash what we said. Okay, well, can you give us a few tiny living hacks like how you've made certain things I know you share a lot about this on your Instagram yeah I've seen little videos you've put together but how you've made certain things functional that maybe aren't normally functional in Mm -hmm. most people's homes Mm -hmm. things like that yeah I I always well first off I always say go vertical right so first off if you're if you're you know in your new 
apartment here yeah. in LA. Welcome. Yeah, thank um, you. In your new apartment here or wherever you are. Um, you know, go vertical. There's always space up high. You just have to be creative and look up and be like, oh my God, there's all these all these inches up here. What can I do with them? But I also think um, using your everyday items as decor. So I feel like there's this funny thing that people have in them where they feel like they have to get an objet, you know, a thing to go on the bookshelf. Like I need this weird vase that I'm never going to put anything on this, you know, in, mm-hmm. into on this bookshelf. But then my handbags live over here. Well, why can't you, instead of having that weird vase that you're never going to put anything in, why can't you use a beautiful handbag as your bookend or as, you oh. know, and, and, and actually just use the pieces that you use every day? Because um, not only does that save you space in your home, it makes it original, right? Because no one else is going to put have the same thing. It's not the same West Elm anthropology item that everybody has on their shelf. I'm not to knock those things. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. like it's different from what everybody else has. Um, and then also you're going to cut back on your footprint, you know, like you're not going to buy yet another thing that's just decorative, like decorate with the things that you have and you love every day. And it saves you a shocking amount of space, I think. Um, and also then- And money. And, yeah. and, and money and reduces your footprint. That's always kind of the, that's always kind of the trio with small space living. It's like you get to, you get to save and reduce um, in, in those capacities. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that those are two really um, tried and true ways to maximize small spaces. But of course, there are other things as well, like mirrors. God, bring on the mirrors, you know? Like, it, they're going to reflect light, make the place look bigger. Um, we have mm-hmm. a ton of mirrors in both the garden and in the house. And if we take one away, all of a sudden we're like, oh, we live in a tiny <laughs> box. Like, it makes such a yeah. huge mirrors difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also, and this is so funny because everyone's like, well, that's anticlimactic, but I cannot tell you the number of clients whose houses or spaces I've gone into and they're like, it just feels so cluttered. And I'm like, you know what? You don't actually have that much stuff. Just put it in a lidded basket. Because when you're looking at, say, 50 pairs of socks and they're all different colors, it's going to be really overwhelming, especially when you pair it with near a bookshelf where there's a bunch of different book spines and there are all these colors, all these fonts, all these shapes. And that's great. But like, you know, if you're feeling like your space is cluttered, just kind of visually conceal it. It's not rocket science. Put it in a little basket and like, boom, it's done. And like, maybe you don't have that much stuff. You just better, you just need to kind of zhuzh it a little bit. Yeah. No, definitely. I was going to say we, the vertical tip is something we've had to accept because me and my husband are both short. So he's only a couple inches taller than me. Mm-hmm. And we used to, in our old apartments, we used to never use the top shelves of the kitchen uh-huh. cabinets, like up at the ceiling, because we're like, well, I'm going to have to get a stool every time to sure, like, grab sure. that. But we've had to accept it and come to terms, and we're getting a little <laughs> step stool because we're like, yeah. we have all these room and there's no other place to put it. Like, we're just going to have to use that. Yeah. We're going to have to step up and, you know, hurt our pride a little bit. And like, right. Get up there. That's so funny because it's it's one of those things that I I mean I'm five eleven yeah and which is funny because we're like a clown car right yeah. my family we are an actual clown car and we pile out of this house because I'm five eleven Adam six two and sometimes I forget about that but I always I have lived with two women who are uh, five foot two in the past and whenever I'm kind of giving out these like little actionable tips for organizations for you know editorial outlets news outlets whatever I, I always think about that I'm like oh yeah. I need to operate not as like a five foot yeah. eleven woman because that is not average <laughs> yeah, and like definitely. I need to think about that I so. know. Do you say that? We got step stools. Yeah, yeah they work. They've yeah. got cute little wooden ones. Yeah. I, I found one at Ikea, so we're good. <laughs> so when you travel and you're staying at like an Airbnb or hotel room and mm-hmm. it's like more spacious than your home, are you like, oh crap, I 
kind of miss having all this space? Or are you like, oh no, I, I kind of miss my tiny home? I, I love that question. Space. That's such a good question. Yeah. I I love that you asked that because actually I, I find the opposite to be true, but but this is why. So we get into the space and we always laugh because inevitably the space is bigger than our house. Mm-hmm. Like unless we are in a really tiny New York hotel. I was like, gonna say New York might be the only yeah. place you stay in. And otherwise, I nine times out of ten, the place is bigger than our house. And of course, we always laugh about it. And West, our son, is always like running around like, whoa, look at this place. Um, but I will say that when we realize how, just like on any trip, regardless of what size your home is back home, um, you know, you realize how little you actually need on a day-to-day basis, especially now that everything is on our devices, our music, our books, everything is on our devices. We don't really need that much. So even though it's, you know, the novelty of being in a bigger space and a bigger bed and a king-size bed, because like I said, we're giants um, and we have a queen-size at home, even though, of course, there's like that little novelty and it's fun at the time, the trips actually remind us that we really don't need that much. So even for us, we don't own that much to begin with. But when we return home, we find ourselves divesting of even more belongings and making sure we don't acquire new belongings, which is really the key. Um, And so those trips actually help us remember that we don't need that much stuff. And also that it really doesn't matter how, you know, your square footage. It's really just how you live within it, right? And um, and those trips remind us of that. But I love that question. It's a good yeah, one. definitely. Well, I was going to say, um, so what are some of the things you've had to let go of with this lifestyle that maybe weren't the easiest, but you don't actually need? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously you said decor. I think that actually is a pretty good one because sure. you want it to be like, I want to get this piece just for the look of it. But. Yeah. And things are just functional as yeah. opposed to decorative at our so house. So what are yeah. some other things? You know, I have a whole series on the blog that's called uh, Items You Can Probably Go Without. And the more I write that, the more I realize how much I'm actually not, not missing things. Because it's just liberating to not have to take care of so much shit, um, <laughs> to yeah, be honest. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I will say that it took me a while to get to the point where our closet was manageable. Like, that took unlearning things and learning other things anew. So that was definitely a process for me. But now it's a no-brainer. We share one compact closet as a family. And actually, wow. the the impetus for, like, the reason I had to get used to having uh, fewer garments was because when our son was born, we turned our closet into his nursery, which was super rad. And I miss it every day. It was so cute. And we had our... <laughs> You could only do this in Southern California. We had all of our clothes in a waterproofed shed that we built out in the garden, which is actually super close to our bedroom. It was so funny because, like, it's probably closer to our bedroom than a closet is in any normal-sized house, right? It was right there, but we did have to take two steps outside to get Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And that's how I had to, like— you know, learn to really downsize my clothes. Um, and then, and, but now I feel so much, I feel so much better about it. Um, it's easier to manage and, but that did take a little bit, but I do think of tiny living instead of, I think of it as you're not really living with less. Sure. You're living with fewer items, but you're not living with less. You're actually living with more in a certain sense, more trips to the beach, more trips to see your friends, more, more time, more time to do all these things. So I actually feel like it's more fulfilling, um, than, than living with a bunch of stuff. I'm not saying it's right for everybody. I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to like be preachy about it. That's not what I mean. I just mean that you can, you can look at it in a different way. It's not living with less. It's living with more depending on how you look at it. Yeah, definitely. And you start to realize things that you maybe take for granted before where it's like, oh, this is been sitting in my storage and it's like you can actually start to utilize it yeah yeah and like find those opportunities I think I remember when we first met correct me if I'm wrong you said when you get something new you give something away yeah and that's kind of how and I feel like that I mean you said that a while ago to me and it stuck with me so 
Um, I think that might be a really good tip for people who absolutely. are trying to minima- minimize. Is that a word? I always minimize. Say mm-hmm. Minimize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It is exactly what we do. If we get something new, we give away at least two items in its place. Oh, that's what it was. Two items. And yeah, and that because that way you're always kind of ahead of it, right? And it, it doesn't matter what the category is. It's not like if you're getting a new mug, you got to give away another mug. Like we kind of don't. We don't limit ourselves to that. Um, it's across all categories, but that's also the maybe a small space thing because everything's kind of merged together anyway. There are right. not a lot of defined spaces for for certain items in the house. So, um, but the other tip would be really like even more than getting rid of stuff because where is that stuff going to go, right? Where does it live on? Because eighty something percent of donations end up in landfills anyway, which is super upsetting. I'm not saying to don't, yeah, (laughs) I'm not saying don't donate. Please donate. Don't throw things into your trash. But we can't just operate with, we can get rid of it. We can get rid of it. Like not, we can't just tidy everything up. There is no away when you say throw away. There is no away. It's still on this planet, right? So, so um, the other thing, in addition to giving things away, just so you don't clutter up your home, is just stop bringing in new things whenever possible, you know? And that might sound super unsexy and super not fun for some people, but I have found it to be addicting the level of not acquiring new things that we've gotten to. But it, it is a it is a process and it's not for everybody. But, totally. You know. Well, I feel that I have... I have very little attachment to things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I consider a blessing because I have people in my life who are very attached to things. They kind of, I don't want to say hoard, but mm-hmm. like they will take anything. If someone's getting rid of it, oh, I want it. Sure, sure. And I'm the opposite. I don't, I'm like, I don't want stuff. Yeah. Um, and I get stressed out when there's too much stuff and I, I don't have a problem giving it away. But do you have any advice for someone who feels like who's kind of a hoarder? Like what would your advice be? Yeah, I, you know, I always just think if you're not, using something, if you're not actually using something, um, think of it as a service to that item if you're letting it live on with someone else who's going to use it. You know what I mean? Like, I was meeting with a client yesterday who was holding on to, like, her father's coffee table, and she wasn't using it, and it was literally, like, stuck outside around a corner, and she couldn't get rid of it. And I understand that sentiment. I have had people in my life that I have lost, and I do still have some tangible items left over from those relationships. Um, But it's not doing her dad any good just sitting there. You know, like I'm sure that if a family that needs that, needs that <laughs> you know, got it, yeah. it would be, it's it's living out its best life and its second life. So, you know, I think that just kind of putting the item to better use, um, if the item can be put to better use, think of that more. That, that should be what's kind of sentimental and taken to heart as opposed to the thing itself. Because frankly, if you're hoarding, if you're hoarding something because of maybe your your past or because of the sentiment that's attached to the item, you know those moments and those people and those memories don't live in that object. It's not a horcrux. It's not like it doesn't have like something else going on inside yeah, of it. It definitely. is its own little independent item. You can let it. You can let it go, and it's going to be okay. You know. And this sounds really stupid, but like when I have a hard time letting go of something, but I know it's going to be better served somewhere else, I take a picture of it. And that sounds silly, but like honestly, I look at things in my camera roll more often than I look at something that's like shoved under the bed that I haven't seen for three Very years. True. If it's in my camera roll, I'm going to see it, you know? And so it's like, yeah, how can, can you? remember it. Yeah, if you, if totally. You're, yeah, totally. totally. So you don't have to completely forget about it or like the person that it stands for, like that you got it from, even if it's a gift. Yeah. Because I find that with like people who give you gifts that you're like, uh, this is very sweet that you thought of me. Like, I, I really appreciate this gift, but I will actually never use it yeah. or I don't love it. Yeah. It's hard to throw that away. So you almost like do put it under the bed because it's yeah, like, you, you don't want them bad. to ask about it. Be sure. Like, eh, I threw that away. But um, I'm sure you've read the book, The Magic of Tying Up. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says that because I thought of that after my wedding, like when we got all these gifts sure. and I was thinking, 
I don't have room for all of this stuff. And some of it I have got doubles of and that you can't return. And yeah, I remember her saying that. I'm like, okay, I just need to like be very grateful. And it's the act of giving the gift that matters. And then you can, again, give it to somebody else or whatever. So yeah, it's not doing anyone any good sitting under your bed. And, you know, frankly, if someone's going to come up and quiz you about where it is and like, Maybe that's a relationship that needs some work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where is that thing I gave you three years ago? You're like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Look over there. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, I have a quick question. This is backtracking something, but I just remembered the closet trick. Yeah. Okay. So you said you guys all share one closet. Yes. How do you do that? And like, what are some tips for that? Sure. Wait, I want to. I have a. I have an even more specific question. How many like like items do you have personally? How many pairs of shoes? How many? Like for you, yeah. So for me, I don't know. I probably, I probably have like twenty hangers of stuff, and some of some hangers have two things on them, or you know, if it's like if I, my button-up shirts, are, they all live on one hanger, you know. Um, but I probably have like twenty hangers, and I probably have like twenty pairs of shoes. I don't know. I mean, okay. it's not, it's not nothing. I don't have like three pairs of shoes, you know. Yeah. Like I, I have, I have, I, I have a collection, but at the same time, it's not. It's not. It's it's what we can fit without it being overcrowded. So it's not frustrating when I try to get things out. It's probably maybe not twenty pairs, maybe fifteen. But still, yeah. um, I will say like Adam did have a sneaker collection. He really likes sneakers, and he did eventually when he realized he wasn't wearing lots of them. He did have to kind of like part with half of his sneaker collection because mm-hmm. he was like, we don't really have the space, and I'm not using it. And that was hard for him. Kind of circling back on your question about anything that you had to give up. I was thinking about me, but Adam did have to give up part yeah. of his shoes, and you know, and he's fine with it now. But I think that that was a little bit of a thing for him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but it, but in the closet, you know. It, there are tons of closet hacks. I have some of them in my book. You can Google them. You can go down the Pinterest rabbit hole. But ultimately, it's just not keeping things that you don't wear, right? And not keeping the Halloween costume from four years ago and, like, that wig. Because maybe I'll wear that wig from that costume. Like, mm-hmm. no. Um, you need to tell my husband not about his morph suit. Leif, if you're listening, the morph suit's got to go. What is a morph suit? It's like, this, it's like this thing that goes over your whole body. You definitely oh, saw people yeah. wearing them in high school. And he still, like, holds on to it. And every time I find it, I'm like, can we get rid of this? And he's like, no. Like, and I'm like, what is the sentimental value oh that I'm missing here? He's going to hate me after yeah. this, after he hears this podcast. Oh, the morph suit might go missing soon. That's yeah, yeah. all I'm saying. That's so funny. <laughs> all right, you guys. We are taking a quick break to talk about one of our all-time favorite companies that you guys probably hear us talk about all the time. And that is Ritual. So Chelsea and I both take our Ritual Essential for Women Vitamins every single day. They are beautifully packaged and we love them. I think everyone wants to do the right thing and treat their bodies right and get all the nutrients that they need. But the reality is that even if we are eating our kale salads and our green smoothies and living our best LA life, there is a good chance that we are still not getting all the essential nutrients that we should be getting in our diets. So that is where Ritual comes into play. It's an obsessively researched vitamin. They have done all the hard work for us and put all of the essential vitamins and nutrients that most of us don't get in our diets into one vitamin. And you just take two of these a day and they have a minty aftertaste, which is honestly my favorite part about them. I am so picky when it comes to a lot of things, specifically medication, but these are not chalky. They're not fishy or gross. They literally have a minty aftertaste. And one other thing that I absolutely love about these is that they also have a no nausea capsule design so you can take them on an empty stomach. This is so huge. I don't know about you guys, but I have felt nauseous one too many times from taking a vitamin or a pill on an empty stomach. So this is super awesome. And I can definitely say that it does not make me nauseous at all because I take these every single morning. So 
Chelsea and I both back this product 100%. We think you guys will absolutely love it. And again, it is such a good addition into a morning routine and it just makes you feel productive and good. And I just love them. So one other amazing thing is that you do not have to go to the store or anything because they are literally just delivered every month right to your front door. You don't even have to think about it. Before I know it, I'm getting another package. I'm like, oh, it's from Ritual. Perfect. I'm about to run out. So it's really great. Better health does not happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash what we said to start your ritual today. That is 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash what we said. Go check them out, guys. Okay, so I'm sure most people are shocked when you tell them you live in like a 400 square, is it 450 or 400? It's under 400. Under 400. So under 400 square foot home. Um, But that being said, in other places around the world, like in Europe, for example, every Mm -hmm. time I travel there, I don't feel like that would be something that would be shocking or unheard of. I always see people, even families living in flats and small little apartments and stuff. But most people in America, like, I know I grew up in a home that was, you know, I don't know how many, like 2,000 square feet or Mm -hmm, whatever. mm -hmm. So why do you think that it is that way in America for the most part? Right. Yeah. So the average, uh, the size of the average home in America is around 2,600 square feet right now. And you're absolutely right. Whether out of uh, preference or necessity, people make things work all over the world in different formats. And that's something that I always try to remind people of when they get into this very American mindset of like, you can't, like the number of people that told us when we were pregnant, they were like, oh, good luck. You can't stay there after you have the baby. And we weren't interested in defying them. We were like, oh God, is that true? So, but it's not true. I mean, it might be true for some people, but like, it doesn't have to be. Like, this is something that Americans have created. And I think it's just because, I mean, America's really big. America is big and there's room to spread out. I mean, you know, and it makes sense, I think, if you're living in some colder climate regions and you're living in the middle of nowhere, you know, it takes you 30 minutes to go to the grocery store. It takes you, you know, I mean, that happens in LA with traffic, but that's another issue. (laughs) But if it takes you like an hour to get to the grocery store or something, that makes sense. It makes sense to have a bigger house. You know, you're going to need a bigger pantry to hold that stuff because you can't just hop over to the grocery store. Um, you know, you're going to need a hallway closet for your big chunky coats. Like, I think in certain regions, in certain contexts, it makes sense. I think in a modern environment, it's kind of, I don't want to say unnecessary because I really am not judging people. Like, I grew up in a 3,000 square foot house or something, too, yeah. you know. So I'm not um, throwing stones at that. But I, it's not, it's just not necessary for the reasons I feel like people think it is. Like, especially, too, like I was saying before, so many things that used to be stored in homes are now stored on our phones or on our computers. Movie collections books, you know, like reference guides. Like people used to have those giant encyclopedia sets, which is hilarious now when you think about it. Like we used to have to house record collections, like so much stuff in our houses that now are on our phones. And so I don't quite understand the correlation between the surge in size (laughs) when actually the number of possessions that we need is really decreasing. Mm -hmm. Um, It is. You know, but I I think it's just kind of this American like manifest destiny going going west into bigger properties. And, you know, some of it's, of course, for investment. But I I just think that that's just kind of this American mindset. And I do think that as... um, you know, cl- the climate crisis becomes more understandable for for everybody. Um, and as swaths of land become uninhabitable, we're going to see people having Take to— Take it more seriously. Yeah, having well, to embrace small space living. I was going to say, I don't remember living. where I heard this, but they were saying that exact thing about, like, Europe, where people mm-hmm. are so crammed and, and everything's kind of already established and built. There's not yeah. a lot of, like, 
London. I don't know. I've actually never been to London. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot less space. And in America, it's harder for people to understand because when you— like in Arizona, whenever I drive from Arizona to California, it's like there's all this land that sure. you don't see even being used. So in your mind, it's not like you're purposely being like, I can waste that. But it's like totally, it doesn't seem as urgent because you see this land that's not whatever, even though like you just said, it's like some of it, whatever. Like the ocean, it's like you see this huge ocean. It's like, well, we can't use that yeah, to do yeah, yeah. what you think it, you can. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's definitely, a uh, unfortunately, you almost need like a slap in the face and some people are just seeing something that's not true. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, uh, no, and, and there have been studies that that show uh, that people who live in big houses, but if they're not the biggest house in the neighborhood, actually get, like, I don't know what the word would be. It's like FOMO for <laughs> Like, they're, they're actually not happier because they're comparing themselves to the larger houses. Um, Keeping up with the Joneses. Totally, and it's like— and. And that is just so unhealthy. Like, that's kind of like what we see sometimes in social media, right? Where people compare to, like, the highlights of other people's lives and they compare themselves and then they feel so bad about their lives, which is so sad. And it doesn't need to be that way. And I think that that there has there have been studies that show that some that lots of people aren't happy because they're just striving for something. They're just striving for the size and not the quality of life. Um, and that's just, again, it sounds like I'm, like, on the, like, I'm, like, blaring the tiny house horn. I'm really not, I, do, I don't think it's for everybody, but I do do think that those studies are worth paying attention to when you're investigating what you want and why you want it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's even important for people who do live, you know, at home at their parents' house or, you know, they've had a home for forever and it is 2,000 square feet. It's, again, like you said, they probably are looking at a huge house like, well, someday I'm going to get a million dollar yeah. house that is huge or whatever. I mean, million dollar house here would yeah. literally buy you yeah. a it's 500 a, it's square a, foot. It's a shack. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, ours is more than that at this point. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so I'm saying like in other rural areas. Yeah, totally. Um, but it could help them be more grateful and, like, utilize what they have and not want to just keep, like— Because yeah. it is a little bit of a status symbol yeah. to have, like, a bigger house or it's portrayed as that. Yeah, so it absolutely. might just be good to find a way to be content in the space that you already are in, yeah. even if it is bigger than a 1,000 square feet yeah. or something like that. Whatever the size. I agree. It's so—in any respect, right, it's important to get in touch with yourself and, like, what your needs and your tastes are independently of everybody else in front you know talking mm-hmm. in your ear or everything else you see on the screen it's what what do you really like and want what makes your button what pushes your buttons sure. so as your family grows you have the cutest son west Thank and how you. old is he he's a little over three three mm-hmm. so i don't know if you plan to have more kids or or mm-hmm. you know what the plan is but as your family grows even as he grows up like do you want to live in the home forever where you mm-hmm. are right now? Or do you plan to get somewhere a little bigger? What's your plan? You know, that's a great question. And we're, we're asked that a lot. And and the short answer is, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll deal with it when we come to it. You know, um, I learned this really great lesson. I went to three universities, but the first university I went to was Syracuse. And I, I, I remember that in the quad, you look at the quad and the sidewalks are kind of wonky, right? They're kind of funny. They're not, uh, what's it, like geometrically you know, they're, symmetrical. Yeah. yeah, they're not symmetrical. And um, and I remember asking someone about it, and they said, actually, what? And I don't know if this is true, but this has always stuck with me, so I hope it is true. They said that what they did is that for the first year or chunk of time, they let the students just traverse the quad the way that they naturally do to get to their spaces. And once they saw where the kids were wearing out the snow or the grass or whatever the case, maybe that's where they paved, Ooh. right? And that's always what I think about when it comes to outfitting a space, or in this in the context of this conversation, where we're going to move or what we're going to do. I'm like, let's find out what what we need when we need it. But right now, 
Because otherwise it's conjecture, right? Otherwise you're guessing. And like, I don't want to move based on a guess, based on what other people tell me I need. Once I know that I need something that isn't provided to us in this house, then we'll move. But right, right now we truly, truly love it more than ever. Um, the other thing that would potentially push us out is the neighboring property. Because if they're going to build it, it there's, it's always up in the air. And if they build a three-story house like has been going on in Venice, we would not stay there because it would take all of our light and our air. And that's why we live yeah. there. So, you know, so if I, of course, we won't be there forever, but we have no plans to move until that really presents itself. Um, we are trying to get pregnant. I am trying to get pregnant again. Um, and our intention is to stay there again until something says like, okay, it's time to go and we'll deal with it then, you know? Honestly, I love that answer because yeah. I feel like when you really stop to think about it, it is kind of ridiculous that we're constantly asked questions about the future because mm-hmm. to answer them really truly is always a guess. Sure. And it's like, sure. why do we need to know? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. not that it, not even to be like, it's none of their business, but even for you, it's like, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Yeah. And I really like that outlook on just life in general. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and there are things in life that you need to be prepared for, right? Like, we need to be prepared with health insurance. We need to be prepared with, I don't know, whatever. There's yeah. things in life to yeah. plan for and to save for, but there's other things that you don't know the answer to, and that's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. like especially lifestyle things because people love to ask that question when they find out that I'm vegan. Like, mm-hmm. well, what about if there's a zombie apocalypse and there's the only food you can get <laughs> is go hunting? And I'm like, if that happens, <laughs> I will be thinking of other things. Like, sure, sure. Or they, like if you're That's in a plane so crash and you're, you're on a stranded island, I'm like, circumstances change. And it's like, right. I'm not going to say… I'm living this way right now that I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. Sure. Because I'm not living the same as I was 10 years ago. Yeah. But if you asked me 10 years ago, I would… I, it's yeah. just that it really doesn't make sense. It's like yeah. as it comes, I'll figure out my lifestyle. Absolutely, but things change, new things come about. Right, and why hold ourselves to standards that we've arbitrarily set? Yeah, it's okay to change. Yeah, yeah. and grow. For sure. So, so what do you hope that West gets out of? this lifestyle as he's growing up? Like, what are some of the lessons you hope he learns from this? I really hope he has, even though we're in the city, I really hope he has a good appreciation for the earth because what we do instead, you know, he doesn't have a playroom. He uses the same space that I use as an office or we use as our bedroom, whatever. That's what he uses uh, as, as play space. But we go to the canals every day to walk our dogs. We go play on the beach. He loves playing on the beach. You know, we go and use, we explore our community and our community events a lot. We go to our library, like libraries, they have saved us thousands of dollars, thousands, because my kid loves to read. And like, we get like 20 books a week from the library. Those picture books are fucking expensive, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it saves us so much money and space by going to the library. And anyway, so I really hope that he has an appreciation for community, um, regardless of what the community looks like, like in terms of, you know, the, the, the type of city that you're in, um, just community in general and, uh, and, and the earth. And, you know, if he spends more time with his toes in the sand and less time in front of a screen locked behind, you know, locked in four walls, I think that that's only going to make him uh, a more valuable member of, or contributing member of society. Um, and I think a happier person because studies do show that kids who get time outside tend to be happier and I just want him to be happy and a good person. That's yeah. what I want from him. And I, I love that. Hope that that is what's really Yeah, I'm sure he will be. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the concept of like spending more time. I think I've seen you say that like you appreciate your time outdoors, not more than indoors, but Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's part of the it's part of the thing, right? I mean, t- I, I love that we are comfortable and happy and fulfilled in our small space, but it does encourage us. The space, the size of the space, does encourage us to do things outside and or do things in a community setting or with neighbors. You know, to borrow things to 
really just kind of use our surroundings for what they are. And, um, and I, I think that that's, that's one of the joys of tiny living is like, actually you don't have to, you know, be an Island. You can actually like go out, go out and meet people. And, you know, definitely. I've even noticed that at this place that we moved to when we first were looking for places. So I have a big dog. Uh Oh, what kind of dog do you have? A great Dane. The Uh, biggest dog. Adam's (laughs) favorite. That's my husband's favorite. (laughs) Yeah. She's awesome. But I was always thinking, okay, I I want a backyard for her because it's just so Mm -hmm. nice when she has to go to the bathroom. Like, I just want to let her to go outside and like, I can shut the door and let her go to the bathroom. Then she can come back in and have a doggy door. Like, it would be nice to have a backyard. But the place we have doesn't necessarily have a backyard Mm -hmm. that she can go to the bathroom in. Also, she's big, so she needs to pace and find her perfect place to go to the bathroom. Sure. But I've noticed, I was thinking like, oh, I want to set up a little place for her to go outside. So I, again, just lazy me, like don't have to walk her three Uh times a day. But now that I've done it for a week, I'm like, I shouldn't do that because all everyone walks their dogs. I've met Mm -hmm. so many nice people. Because nobody has backyards because we're all in apartments. Yeah. The whole street is like lined with different little apartment complexes. And it's like you meet so many people that way. And if I just kept my dog in the backyard, like she wouldn't meet anybody. I wouldn't meet anybody from our neighborhood. It's like actually helped me reach out to my community like you just said. So I I, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. And you notice so much more about your neighborhood mm -hmm. too, right? Like you notice more about… The design, the, the the people, that you know, just the the, the flow Definitely. of it. I don't know. I I, I love that. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of mirrors, we were walking our dog, and I found the mirror that I want for my family room to make there it look bigger. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, it's full circle. <laughs> it's a win. Okay, let's get into st- oh my gosh, sustainability. sustainability. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this is something that kind of was my New Year's resolution this year. Mm-hmm. Again, growing up in Arizona, it is kind of a California thing that you have to buy your grocery bags. And so when you're in another state and you're not in this LA like bubble, you go to the grocery store. Like my parents, it's like they go to the grocery store and they get bags and no one asks them if they want to buy a bag. So they don't even think about it. It's yeah. not a law or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So I was, when I'm moving here, I'm like, okay, I, I need to be more thoughtful just mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and be like, okay, from now on, zero waste whatsoever because I'm just starting. Right. And so, also, the system is not set up for that. So be, yeah, be exactly. kind to yourself. Yeah. The system <laughs> yeah. is not set up to make that Definitely. Easy. Yeah. And I think that um, it's something that you don't almost want to say on social media because we were talking about this beforehand, that if you do say something, for example, I've said multiple times on social media that I'm vegan. So what I really, like, I say that and what I've learned is that it's plant-based is what I should be saying is mm-hmm. because then when people hear vegan, they get mad at me if I'm wearing like leather or something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but if I don't buy something that's real, that will last me four years, like this pair of boots that I will wear for four years and I get full leather and then I get five different pairs instead. Yeah. So then yeah. it contributes to fast fashion. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know where to go. Sure, sure. Like, I don't know which is the best or whatever. Anyway, so yeah almost admitting it to social media can kind of be a like you want to encourage people but yeah it also can be like a in a way for sure like you feel all of a sudden you're just crucified for Mm -hmm. anything that you do Mm -hmm. they see something in your back is that plastic in the background i thought you were trying to be sustainable and i'm like i'm trying yeah 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 but yeah i think it's also just all that to say it's daunting Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and especially for someone like me i'm very new to even this whole thought process for some silly reason I haven't really like hopped on board until now Mm -hmm. um just like trying to make these little changes yeah and I think sometimes we we've talked about this before like 
you don't do anything because you can't do everything. So you're just like, eh, it's where what I'm, yeah, yeah. It's, where do I start? And also, is what I'm doing even going to make Matter. a difference? Yeah. So we wanted, first of all, for you to maybe explain, like, why is sustainability, why is it important to, sure. like, low, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Our footprint. To, yeah. What's the word? Why is it important to everybody, yeah, though? Like, why does, why, does our, why, do, why does our individual footprint matter? Yes, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Yeah, well, so so first off, like we said before we started, you know, we're all in the same boat together. So I, while I think it is important that we hold each other to certain standards because this affects us all, I don't think it helps to be mean to people about things. That's not the way to go about it, right? We're all in this boat together, very close to literally. Like, we're all on this ship together. So yeah. um, I think that there is a kind way to go about it, um, first and foremost, because um, the system is not set up for it, F's all to go zero waste tomorrow and to be perfect. What do you mean when but you say that? I just mean, like, we are, like, the country is set up with, like, road systems that, like, you, in order to go to work, to earn for your family, to earn for yourself, you have to drive long distances. You have to use gas. You have to, you know, like, we all work grueling hours. Americans work hard. We work hard. And, and you know, like, you you have these grueling hours. So, of course, it's very convenient to get takeout food, which is in wasteful containers and things like that. So, in every, and that's just touching lightly on it, okay? And, and to go find detergent that isn't in a plastic bottle is a mission. So And it, it's usually more expensive. It's, it's more like, expensive. Yeah, absolutely. So people feel like they're trapped if absolutely. they can't afford it. And that's that, you know, and so that's what I mean when I say the system's not set up. And I could go on that about that all day, but I think that that'll change. I'm hopeful that'll change. Um, but the point is to not be so hard on yourself because it is not this is something we can all work towards without, we, we're not going to start out, uh, you know, perfectly. I do, I absolutely think that everything we do does matter because we are at a truly, truly, truly unprecedented time in history where we can choose in the next 10 years, truly, which way we're going to go. Are we going to go in a direction from which we cannot come back and future generations are going to suffer? And currently, uh, the communities that are con contributing least to this crisis are already suffering, and they're suffering the most. So we have a choice, all of us. Are we going to be the generation or the, the people on the planet at this time that save and fix what we've done. We can't erase what we've done, but we can stop the trajectory and we can make sure that we create a greener and better future for our children and for the people who are currently suffering and for ourselves, for ourselves. It's happening before our eyes, right? So what are some, I, you already said a couple, like, oh, change your water bottle or whatever. What yeah. are some other tips for somebody who's like, oh, I literally didn't think this was a big deal. Like, yeah. what are some things that they can do that they can start out with to yeah. live more sustainably? First and foremost, and this isn't as... Um, I keep saying this word. This isn't as sexy of a takeaway, but it is. You can vote. You can vote not only at the ballot box, but you can vote with your dollars. So think about it in, in these two ways, right? You can vote for, uh, I don't care where you are on the political spectrum. This is the most pressing issue of our time, hands down. This affects, um, th this, is, this is social justice. This is environmental justice. This is so much. This is not just a bunch of trees. It is trees. It's not just a bunch of trees. It's also, it's human beings, okay? And countless animals and the earth itself. So that is one way. Vote at the ballot box um, in all elections, but also uh, vote with your dollars. So if you are, you know, if you find out about the companies that you're supporting and make sure that they are aligned with your beliefs and they're actually working towards a greener world and, and, and reducing their carbon footprint and reducing their emissions. And if they're not, don't buy their products because nothing will make a company change faster than, than if they're losing money from consumer. So those are two very 
concrete ways, you know, and I know that's not as, uh, you can't picture that as easily as swapping out your water bottle, but it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. Um, And on the day-to-day, you might have to take a bulkier bag, but like bring your own cup, bring your own Tupperware. When you go out to eat and you're going to like take something with you if you do that. And then the last thing I'll say in terms of like really quick, easy things that you can do is when you run out of certain bath or kitchen items, replace them with something that has like either really minimal packaging or biodegradable or no packaging. And a great resource for that is Package Free Shop. Um, If you just kind of want to go to a one-stop place online that kind of you can look around and see what they have. But instead of going with the same plastic shampoo bottle, you know, go with a shampoo bar. You know, it exists. It's a thing. Instead of getting plastic disposable razors, whenever you start to run out of those things. You I was going to say, what are some companies that you like that do that? Because yeah, yeah. I feel like even though, yes, things are getting worse, I like to believe that things are also, people are also getting better yes. and more aware. So I do see a lot of like, companies that are putting out recycled clothes, like they yes. use recycled denim for their jeans or whatever. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your favorite companies? Um, so for household— Especially for the household, yeah. yeah for household cleaners and stuff. Um, so Seventh Generation Across the Board has done really great work. Um, I feel like that is a very accessible brand across that's in all these like major retailers across the country. So I always trust Seventh Generation. But when it comes to, like, if you're not going to make your own cleaners from Concentrate, which let's face it, lots of us don't— um, Supernatural Clean is amazing because they basically, they send you these little tiny glass vials of concentrates and you pour them into the glass bottles that they provide you. You get the glass bottles once, they're labeled, and you pour the concentrates into that bottle, put in some water, shake it up, and that's it. All you have to get from them is this tiny little box. It's basically the size of a CD case, and I'm dating myself by saying CD, but it's basically the size of a CD case, and those are your refills. And so if you need them maybe six times a year, that's all you're getting is this cardboard box with six tiny glass vials. And that eliminates all the plastic that you get for, you know, window cleaners, surface cleaners, bathroom cleaners, all those things are being eliminated um, by using a product like that. Um, always using, you know, uh, they dish soap comes in blocks now, you know, like I said, shampoo, conditioner, you know, shave products, all those things come in in blocks. So maybe they're wrapped in, in a little bit of paper, maybe, but sometimes they're not. And it's awesome. You know, you don't need to get everything in a plastic bottle. Um, same thing, last swab makes a really good uh, ear swab and a oh. makeup swab. So like mm-hmm. if you use makeup, uh, if you use like Q-tips to clean up your makeup, they also make a cosmetic one. They're just little washable. They feel like Q-tips, but it's, so it's called Last Swab. And don't get them on Amazon because they have fake ones. The company, um, the company just go directly to them, but they are like zero waste. That's a really good one. It's so, it's that. so good. I've never even heard of that. And it's then cool. same thing with makeup removers and, um, and uh, like cotton swabs, all of that. You can get it on Etsy. You can get it anywhere. You know, they're just reusable cotton swabs instead of just disposable ones and yeah. makeup remover wipes. There's, I forget what they're called. Um, I just got some actually, and I love them more than the regular cotton ones because they feel they're better. They're soft. They're so much softer on your <laughs> But skin. I didn't get them from Amazon, so it's that bad. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like you, you got to pick and choose, right? You yeah. got to yeah. pick and choose. So, hey, if that's the last time you buy one of those things on Amazon, then that's the last time you buy one of those things. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's amazing when you don't have to go to the store for all that crap or you don't have to check out online for all that stuff, how much less shopping and like point of purchase things you actually like yeah. get, fall into. So uh, anytime something, don't just go and throw out all of your paper towels now because that doesn't do anyone any good. Use them up. And when you use them up, get some washable cloths instead, like things like that. And just start to phase things out as you use up your current supplies. And you will be shocked at the amount of money ultimately you save and space you save because you're not storing a billion cotton balls and paper towels and stuff like that. So those are easy swaps. Totally. Love that. It's also fun. 
Like the more stuff <laughs> that I got good. to like replace stuff like Oh, the things that replace Ziploc bags. I'm like, yeah. this is cute, yes. honestly. And it, they're prettier. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't mean to sound shallow, but I mean, no. like, I and work at home. they take up decor. less space, honestly. They take up less yeah. space. They're prettier. So when you leave them out, you're not like, Bleh. and they're mm-hmm. not leaching plastic into your uh, food or your yeah. skincare, your skincare and- supplies. They're not leaching plastic. Yeah. That is legit. Yeah. So, so wow. many things. So many things. Okay. Well, we want to end by asking. Um, you kind of mentioned this earlier, actually, this exact concept, but most people, I think, would look at tiny living as you're downsizing, you're giving up all of these different things. But what is something specific, maybe, that you feel you and your family have gained by having this lifestyle? Oh, that's a good question, and I'll try to limit that. So I think that the most important thing now, especially as a parent, is by living this lifestyle, we have been able to carve a, and it's not perfect, but carve a path that we're still working on towards uh, living not only in, but with a smaller footprint and thus leaving behind for our child, not a giant house filled with crap, but hopefully a greener and livable planet. And that is what I take from tiny living. And let me be clear, you can attain that in a house or apartment of any size. That's a, that's a lifestyle choice. So this is not limited to tiny living, but it is the thing that sparked in us, sparked, you know, more sustainable living and hopefully soon regenerative living for us. And that is the biggest takeaway, right? You know, like I'm not, I want my son to obviously have everything that he needs in order to feel safe and secure in his life. Um, But at this, you know, at the same time, it's far more important for me that he is able to go outside and breathe the air and turn on a faucet and drink the water than it is for him to roll around in a house full of crap that he doesn't need, especially in a world of screens, you know, and, and, and that is the biggest takeaway for me. And uh, that's so much bigger than me, right? That's so much bigger than us. That's so much bigger than my family. That's for all kids his age and every future generation. And that makes me want to get up in the morning when the news is so depressing because I feel like this is our way of making a difference. And I hope that it makes a difference in other people's lives as well. Yeah. And when you're taking actions, for sure. I love that. Well, tell everybody where they can follow your beautiful Instagram and get your book and all that good stuff. Thank you. I cannot stress this enough. You got to go look at her. You have to follow her Instagram. (laughs) Immediately. Thank you so much. So yeah, it's the Instagram. It's at Whitney Lee Morris. Lee is L-E-I-G-H. I'm sure if you look up Tiny Canal Cottage, it'll also pop up. Um, And that is the name of our blog, Tiny Canal Cottage. Um, We also have videos called Tiny Takeaways on IGTV with just kind of like tangible tips. They're like these one minute cute little videos. If you want to learn some low waste swaps or even just see how to kind of maximize your small space. And then also we have a book called Small Space Style, which you can get on Amazon, but preferably could check it out. (laughs) at your library or support a local uh, small book dealer. Um, But yeah, that's, that's us. And you guys, thank you so much for, for inviting me and, you know, here today. I so appreciate it. Someday I'm going to invite you to my house, my 650 square foot, and you're going to be yes, proud. It's going to be palatial for me. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, oh, look at all this space. <laughs> and we still said we want to come ride in your canoe. Yeah, yeah you guys, the invitation is is there. We're ready. Yeah. Okay, We're ready. well, um, if you guys want to follow our What We Said podcast Instagram, it is just at What We Said Podcast. And we will have some links in the show notes of Whitney's Instagram and our personal Instagrams and everything in the show notes. So thank you guys for listening. And that's, that's what, what we said. said. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.